It's good to be here with you once again, and having said that, let me set your minds at ease. Uh, I'm not moving down here. <laughs> so, it is kind of an unusual set of circumstances that, that I ended up being here just a month apart, and you know, I, I, I think this is just the third time I've been here, and the, before the last few months had been like five years since I'd been here, and just unusual circumstances, but I always love coming back here, and I enjoyed uh, the time I was with you a month ago, and look forward to being with you here again today. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul, when he wrote the church at Ephesus, speaking of Jesus Christ in chapter 1 and verse 7, chapter 1 verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. I could go into perhaps almost any pulpit in Austin today. Perhaps I could say almost any pulpit in the United States today. And I could preach about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'd probably be warmly received. Everybody likes to hear about that. I could get up any pulpit in this country and talk about the, how Jesus Christ is the friend of sinners. He's our, our elder brother. He's, he's the one that loves us. Total acceptance. But then, if you get up and talk about <coughs> the cross and the blood of Christ, that's when you begin to get people upset. Because when you start talking about the cross, it presupposes the idea that there is an offense there. That there was sin present that had to be dealt with. And when you start talking about people's being sinners, they really don't get real comfortable about it. You know, they seldom enjoy that like they do hearing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now here when Paul wrote this letter, when he said in whom we have redemption through, he could have said death. He said, could have said, we have redemption through the death of Jesus Christ. Would that not have been true? But here he goes further and he uses the term blood. Now, when you think about blood, think about the cross of Christ. That's what I want us to think about for just a little bit this morning, for just a few minutes. If you think about the blood, now, we don't like to think about the blood. I mean, there's a song, and I'm not sure if it's in this book or not, but there's, there's a song that my dad used to, that he didn't like to sing. He, he said it was true. He liked every word of it. I mean, he, he, he knew every word it was true, but he just didn't like it. That song about dripping from the cross. You know, sounds kind of gruesome, doesn't it? You know, speaking about the blood of Christ dripping from the cross. But let's, let's talk about this blood for just a moment. And, and getting the idea of the thought in front of us this morning, let's go back to Genesis chapter 4. And let's look at some blood that was shed back there in Genesis chapter 4. Now we know the story about how the, the first man that was born, Cain, how that he took his offering before the Lord, his brother Abel took his offering before the Lord, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but he didn't have respect unto Cain and his offering came to pass in time that Cain rose up and slew Abel. 
And it tells us here in, in Genesis chapter 4 that the Lord, this is verse 9, the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, if you've ever wondered if total depravity exists, yep, it does. If you ever wondered if Adam's sin still affects people, it does. Now here, Cain, not only did he become a murderer, he became a liar. You know, where is your brother? He knew exactly where his brother was. He had killed his brother. But here in verse 10, notice what the Lord says. He says, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. <clears throat> you know, I have hearing aids and I don't hear very well at all. But I can hear people talk. I hear the voice of people talking. And I can hear, you know, dogs barking and the noise that animals make and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I lay in bed at night sometimes and I hear my house creak. But you know, I don't think I've ever heard the sound of blood. Blood has never spoken to me. Now, the thing that we need to keep in mind here... Now, here is something that God is saying, that blood will speak to Him. Now, in what sense can the blood of Abel speak unto God? Well, we first could say that it speaks as a witness. You know, if you have a, a, a crime scene and there's blood there, you know, the police will probably, uh, you know, take some pictures of the blood and, and where it's at. And, all, and it'll, it'll be part of the evidence of the crime that has been committed. And the blood of Abel pointed out that there had been a crime committed. But the blood was more than just a witness when it spoke unto God. Because it was speaking of vengeance. Because God immediately pronounced that curse upon Cain. He said, you're going to be a, a, a vagabond. You're going to, you're going to wander out. Uh, so Cain was sent on his way. So here the blood of Abel was speaking unto God from the ground. The blood of Abel was speaking. Now let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. And let's look at another place where blood is speaking. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse uh, 24. It says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So Abel's blood was speaking from the ground. Abel's blood was speaking up, and Abel's blood was crying for vengeance and saying, a, a crime has been committed. Abel's blood was speaking up and saying that vengeance needs a, a penalty must be paid. Justice must be served. But the blood of Christ is speaking something much better. Hebrews is, I, I love the book of Hebrews. And it's easy for me to, to remember what the theme of the book of Hebrews is. It's better. Everything that the Jews had, uh, what we have in Jesus Christ is better. And you'll find that time and time again. If you go through the book of Hebrews and read that book, you'll, you'll find out where it tells us that, you know, the Jews, you know, they looked to their fathers and the prophets, Christ is better. 
You know, they had the Levitical priesthood. Christ is better. Every, they had all these offerings and sacrifices. Christ is better. Everything that's brought out about the Jews' religion, Paul here is telling them that Christ is better. Well, here's now he's saying something is better. Y'all had back in the old time, in, 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 in the days of the foundation of, of, this, of this world, there's the blood of Abel, but now we have something better. Abel's blood was speaking out, but we have a blood that is better. Abel's blood was crying out for justice. A crime's been committed and justice is needed. What does the blood of Jesus Christ cry out? If it's speaking something, it's crying out something. What is it saying to you? It's saying something better than justice is needed. you know what the blood of Christ is telling me this morning? Abel's blood may have said justice is needed. Christ's blood is saying justice has been obtained. Amen. He's died upon the cross. His blood... It's there for a witness. It's speaking and saying that justice has been obtained. Now here's something else I'd like for you to think about for just a moment. Notice the terminology here of verse 24. The blood of the sprinkling that speaketh. Now I want to take this term speaketh and I want you to think about that not in the past tense, but in the present tense. You know that blood of Abel that spoke one time, back over in the Old Testament, you know, we had this in our mind, it spoke that one time to God and it was over. You know, by this passage right here, it's still speaking, isn't it? And you know the blood of Jesus Christ is still speaking? It spoke that one time when that blood was shed to pay the price of our sins. And when the Father accepted that sacrifice, it spoke then. Mm -hmm. But the blood of Jesus Christ is still speaking. It's speaking to us today. And what it's telling us today, in the midst of all of our trials and tribulations that we go, you know, I don't know about you, but from time to time I get kind of cast down and discouraged. I think that's kind of common to mankind, isn't it? You know, sometimes when we get down in, in that low condition, you know what we need to listen for? The speaking of the blood of Jesus Christ. When we get discouraged, when we get cast down and think, oh, how could God ever love me? We need to remember the blood of Jesus Christ is speaking. Your sins have been paid for. Your iniquity has been pardoned. And because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we have that fond hope that we're going to be with our Lord in heaven someday. The Lord Jesus Christ has shed His blood. He's died upon the cross for us. And His blood is still speaking. His blood is still bringing out that wonderful language. Your sins have been paid for. Let us rejoice what Jesus Christ has done and the blood that He has shed for us. If you have a proper understanding of the blood, it won't be such a gruesome thing to you. It'll be something that we can rejoice in. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come here, brother.